remain standing for a second. There's a verse I wanted to read that we'll look at later in our message today, but it's uh, Romans 14, verse 17. Paul says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So this morning, as as we gather together uh, for church on Sunday, and as we go throughout our weeks, we often think about all these physical things um, that we desire and long for, which are not necessarily bad things. Many of those are are good things. He says the kingdom of God, the the thing that we're seeking, that we're heading towards, that we even live in, in Christ, it's, it's not a matter of just eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So this season, uh, this month, even this day, my prayer for for myself and my prayer for you and for us is that we would uh, walk in righteousness, but more than that, that we would have peace with God, peace in our hearts, and then joy in the Holy Spirit. And so uh, would you pray with me this morning? Uh, God, we thank you for the presence of your Spirit with us daily and also with us today in worship. God, for the the things in our life that may be distracting us today, whether they are uh, physical illness or pain, uh, financial or job issues, Lord, relationship struggles, family problems, God, hurts, trauma that we've experienced, whatever it is, Lord, we offer that up to you today. God, we acknowledge those are real things that impact our real hearts, but your kingdom is something even greater than those things. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would enable us to walk in all righteousness before you. We ask for peace in the minds of those who are wrestling with doubt today. God, for those with cycling or obsessive thoughts, I ask in Jesus' name that those would cease and be replaced with peace. God, for hearts who are walking in depression or darkness or gloom, would you fill them with joy, a joy that can only be found in you. Lord, I pray we'd honor you today and throughout this week. I pray, God, for a special touch from your spirit as we look at your word and and go about even the business of our church today and the business of our lives this week. Would you be honored? Would you be pleased with us? In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can have a seat. Thank you, Kim. Thank you again for joining us today. Uh, My name is Anthony. I am pastor of Free Church, and we are so happy to have you here this morning. Um, We're going to be doing a couple things before we get into our message today as we start a new series called Supernatural. And I want to invite up Casey and Bridget Freshour and their children. We're going to do two things today as they make their way up here. I'll explain. First of all, we're going to dedicate their... Um, 100-pound baby Cooper, and then they, um, as you know, um, are transitioning uh, away from our church and going to be heading into new ministry adventures, and so we want to just pray blessing over them, and um, we'll be doing that at our next service as well, and then uh, tonight at 6.30, if you want to join us, we'll be having a a send-off blessing party for them where there's going to be pie, and Everett, do you want to see me? And uh, Everett likes pie, right, Everett? Yes, I love pie. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to have pie tonight, and then I'd like to ask you to bring gifts and cards for the fresh hours. 
Um, Casey likes 7-Eleven gift cards, I hear. No, I'm kidding. He, he does. It's the most random thing. He likes cash. Okay, so. Um, but if you could join us, I'm not dedicating Everett. We've already done. We've done him before. Can I see Cooper? Okay. So when was Cooper born? July the 9th. So he's already three years old. This is Cooper. He's half asleep. He's faking it. So we, we dedicate uh, babies. Um, not like if you come from a, a Catholic tradition, we don't uh, disparage that. But, but we don't baptize babies. We believe that um, babies grow up to be men and women, and they have to make a decision to follow Jesus or not. And so we pray for them that they would make that decision. And we also just pray a blessing over them and dedicate them to the Lord and pray a blessing over their parents that they would dedicate their children to the Lord and they'd be blessed in their parenting. Um, so Jesus talked often about children. And he said, if we want to enter into his kingdom, we need to become like children. And so that is a challenge to our faith to have a childlike faith. And so when we dedicate babies, we pray that they don't lose the childlike faith that they inevitably have. We also learn that God knits us together in our mother's wombs. We're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And so um, every child from the moment of conception uh, through adulthood until the moment of death matters to God as human beings made in his image. And so we're going to dedicate Cooper. We're going to bless this family. And so I'd like to ask if you could uh, to stand and if... If uh, grandparents want to come up and and lay hands on Cooper, you're welcome to do that as well. Um, No pressure to. And uh, Sawyer, can we pray for Cooper today? Yeah, he said, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, So anyway, uh, extend your hands this way as we pray. Have my wife join me as we pray for Cooper here. Um, God, uh, this this child is yours. He belongs to you. Uh, God, just as, as I'm holding him today, Would you hold and keep him, God, for all the days of his life? I pray that he would love you and serve you with all of his heart for his entire life. God, at a young age, reveal yourself to him. May your kindness lead him to repentance when it's needed. May your love uh, be gentle, God, over his life to draw his heart to you. And may you use correction when it's needed, God, to draw him to you. God, I pray that at a young age he would be filled with your spirit, that you would guide him and lead him in all of his ways. I pray that the words that come out of his mouth would be both pleasing to you, um, would be loving and helpful and minister to those he says them to, God. And may they even be prophetic. Let this, let this man that he grows up to be speak your truth in a profound and a prophetic and a powerful way. God, we pray over his parents uh, that they would continue to be amazing parents, that they would uh, be blessed by the raising not just of Cooper, but of Everett and of Sawyer. God, I pray that they would be filled with your spirit with great patience and have all of their needs met as they provide for and care for their children, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And you guys can have a seat. And we're going to pray over Casey and Bridget as well. And I, I do ask you to come tonight. Do you have the ask you to come tonight to celebrate them, pie, gifts, cards, um, say goodbye. We'll, we'll see them often, I am sure, uh, but we do want to just pray over them. We have flowers for you, and then there's a card there if you want to hand it to them, and a child dedication certificate. So,
I won't have you stand again, but Casey has been serving as our associate pastor for five years, and Bridget has been our free generation pastor and kids pastor for almost 10, and they, they've been with us for so long and are, are like kids to us, and so it's, it's sad to see them go, but it's also exciting to see where God does take them, and so they have been an immense blessing to our church and we wouldn't be here today as a church if it wasn't for them and what God has used them to do. So we're so grateful for them. And please make sure you let them know that. But if you could um, just extend hands this way as we pray over them. We'll do this again at 11. And then tonight we'll just kind of celebrate what God's done through them. So can you go over there? Today? No, I'm going to hold the baby. But if you want to <laughs> lay hands on, on them, we'll pray. I don't want to let go of the baby. He's, he's with me during the whole sermon today. So, Lord, we thank you, uh, God, for our friends, for your son, for your daughter, uh, for their sons, God. God, thank you for the blessing they've been to each person here. God, we um, empower, anoint them, bless them, uh, and send them out and send them off, God, to do your work, to do your will, to bless others, and to be blessed. God, I pray you place them in the right places at the right times in front of the right people. And God, as they are a blessing to others, God, would you fill their cup, would you bless them abundantly, God, and allow them to be blessed by those they minister to. God, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for their faithfulness. Thank you for their service. Thank you for um, the the many years of them being a part of our church family, God, and help us to stay um, not only in contact with them, God, but continue to bless them and pray for them and celebrate them, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you, guys. Yeah, Sawyer can now go to class, yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you, guys. I want to talk today about um, the idea of supernatural, because it's just a wonderful television show. I'm kidding. There's some really weird people like this is the best show, and if you like supernatural, that's wonderful. Um, but so, reason we're talking about supernatural is is every couple of years we'll do a series where we focus on um, not only what the Bible tells us about the Holy Spirit, but what it tells us about the gifts of the Spirit and what the Spirit does in the life of a Christian. And so uh, October uh, has kind of been synonymous with Halloween in our culture here in the West. Um, but also just October has become like, I've noticed I am a, a, a tail end Gen Xer. Um, but millennials, they use this word that's been around for a long time, but spooky. And you millennials, and, and some of you maybe Gen Zers, you say spooky, very weird. And I'm like, I've actually tried to figure out where that term came from in its modern context. I'm sure it was from the Disney Channel, but I couldn't find it. And so it's spooky season. I won't say it the nerdy way. but it, it, So we think about spooky things. We think about these type of things, and we think about the supernatural. And when, when the world thinks about supernatural things, we typically think of you know, ghosts and um, scary things and um, the afterlife spirits, things, things of that nature. And, but I want to look at what the definition of supernatural actually is, and I, I actually have it on the screen there. And the, the definition of supernatural is basically something that is um, not natural, um, something that is beyond our understanding. And when we think about creation, we usually just think about, again, the physical, the natural. But the Bible tells us that God has created things that are seen and things he has created which are unseen. So everything 
around us, beyond us, and within us has been made by God and is, in fact, very natural. And with that in mind, I'd like to take this a little bit further and say that what we call and what we regard to in regard to the things of the Holy Spirit are not just natural, but they're actually um, hypernatural. And we're going to call this series Supernatural, but but I'm going to refer to it basically this entire five weeks as things which are actually hypernatural. Supernatural means beyond what's natural, where hypernatural actually means extremely natural, what is fully natural in all of God's creation. It's not just limited to what we can see, hear, taste, touch, or smell, but the supernatural is, is the ultimate natural. And in the life of a Christian, for people who are filled with the Spirit of God, though we are limited to time and space and the various dimensions of this world, we can actually experience through the Holy Spirit that which is hyper-natural. So you and I are not supposed to live naturally. We're not supposed to live according to the patterns or the things of the flesh or this world. We are supposed to live what the world would call supernatural, but in our understanding is the fullest of all natural, hypernatural. And so when the world sees us thinking, believing, having faith, and walking according to things that are hypernatural, they might look at the church or at Christians and say they are acting very supernatural, but we are intended to do just that, to look different than the natural. To look according to the world as supernatural and to live out according to the Spirit, that which is hypernatural. But so many of us as Christians, people who belong to God, people that have the Spirit of God living within us, so many of us live according to what the world considers to be just natural. And we miss out and we don't live out our faith in a hypernatural way. And so kind of our main text today is going to be um, Romans chapter 8. In Ephesians chapter 5. Can you hand me my waters? Romans 8 and Ephesians 5. Thank you. Um, So in Romans 8 verse 5, it says this. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Raise your hands of flesh if you are of the flesh, if you have flesh today. You have flesh, raise your hand. If you don't have flesh, if you're raising your hand, I don't see it, but I acknowledge you here too. (laughs) Spooky. So those who set their minds on the flesh are living according to the flesh, but those who set their minds on the spirit are living according to the spirit. So as Christians, this is the idea we'll be looking at all five weeks. As Christians, we have the Spirit of God living within us. That's just facts. And we can experience Him. We can live according to Him. And we can, as Paul says in Romans 8, we can set our minds on the Spirit of God. But when we forget about the Spirit of God, which we do often, When we live according to our flesh alone, which we do all the time, when we live according for the things of the flesh alone, we will never win this battle against sin, and we will live for things that will eventually come to death. 
And if we ourselves never truly experience life in the Spirit, we will experience death apart from the Spirit because the Spirit is the one that gives us life. In John 6, Jesus says that very thing. He says the Spirit gives life. So the only way that we can be saved by God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is by the Holy Spirit who gives us this hypernatural life. So let's look at verse 9 and 10 of Romans 8. Paul says, you, however, this is talking to the Christian, you, however, are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Christians have the Spirit of God dwelling within them. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Christ. So I would ask you to ask yourselves today, do I have the Spirit of Christ? If I have the Spirit of Christ, I belong to Him. If I do not have the Spirit of Christ, I do not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, meaning one day our body will die, we have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer we who live. It's Christ who lives in us. He says, if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So if we want to live a hyper-natural life, we must see that there is more to this life than what the world calls natural. You and I have to set our eyes, we must set our mind on the kingdom of God to be fully natural, to be hyper-natural. And we need to see that when we set our eyes on the Spirit, the things of this world get taken care of. That's why Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when we do, all these things will be added unto you. So let's go back to Romans 14 that we um, read over you before we prayed. In Romans, Paul says, again, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I have a, a mentor and a spiritual counselor um, and supervisor who holds me accountable, and, and he always he quotes this verse to me about every time we meet. He's like, Anthony, you're, you're focused on you know, the, the eating and drinking. You need to be seeing that God cares about a lot more than just those particular things. But how much time do you and I think about and focus on eating and drinking? Like, how much of your day is consumed with eating and drinking? Uh, sadly, a lot of it, isn't it? Some of you, your, your stomach is, is grumbling now. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I just want to remind you of that to make you more miserable until it's time for lunch when you leave. But how much time do we think about this? How much time do you think about clothing and gadgets? How much time do we think about movies and TV shows? How much time do we spend thinking about houses and cars? I got all of you, hopefully. It's one of those things maybe you and I obsess about. Me, probably all of these things. But how often do we actually set our, thing, or our mind on things of the Spirit? Righteousness, peace, joy found in the Holy Spirit. What if our lives, what if we constantly were actually hungering and thirsting righteousness? What if we were hungering and thirsting for peace and joy? What if we were hungering 
and thirsting for what Jesus calls in John chapter 4 and John chapter 7, living water. In Matthew 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It says, they will be what? Filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And so Jesus promises us, if we hunger after these things, if we thirst after these things, we'll receive them. Not only will we be blessed, but we will actually be filled. That's why Scripture says, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. So what if we hungered and thirsted for these things more than we did the temporary pleasures of this world? And hungering and thirsting for the pleasures of this world, again, it's not always bad. There, TV and, and movie and clothing and gadgets and houses and cars and, and eating and drinking, those aren't bad things. They're things that God has created to some extent for us to enjoy. But what if we thirsted for the things of the Spirit more than the things of the flesh? The Bible tells us if we did that, once again, we would be filled this is where I want to wrap this idea up today. This goal in the life of a Christian, I, I, I debated saying that this was the most important goal in the life of the Christian. I, I don't know if that's the right way to phrase this. But I would say this idea I want to introduce to you as we wrap up our time today is of utmost importance in the life of a Christian, the idea of being filled. A Christian has the Spirit of God living within them, dwelling within them from the moment of salvation. But God is not satisfied, and you and I should not be satisfied with just simply having the Spirit of God dwell within us. The goal that we should set before us is not to have Him within us, but to have Him fill us. There is a difference between having some water in a cup and a cup that's overflowing. Psalms 23, when it says that God has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. It says he anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows. Our cup runs over. It doesn't say our cup has a drop, a drip, a drink, but our cup instead runs over. So you and I who are Christians, you and I who have faith in Jesus Christ, you and I will always have the Spirit of God dwelling within us. That's what makes us belong to Christ, is we have the Spirit of Christ dwelling within us, but He doesn't just want to be within us. He wants to fill us. So Ephesians 5, this is the last verse we'll look at. Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. It's not a birthday party here today, but there are balloons Red's my favorite color. I didn't give you balloons because that would distract you. Be, be distracted by this, please. Paul says to the church in Ephesus, it's a message for us. He says, look carefully how you walk. So what Paul has been doing so far in the book of Ephesians, he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. This was a church that was doing great things. It's a church that Jesus said in Revelation would eventually forget their first love. So Paul is encouraging them throughout this book. He's saying, walk in love. Everything you do, do it in love. He's saying, while you're walking in love, abstain from sin. He tells them, don't be deceived into believing 
that you can live in unrepentant sin. Paul says there's people going around saying, hey, God's grace is big, just keep sinning. He says, don't, don't live your life that way. He then says, use discernment to make sure that you're pleasing the Lord. But in verse 15, he says, look carefully then how you walk. Pay attention to all the things I've just said. Don't walk as someone who is unwise, but walk as someone who is wise. He says, make the best use of your time because the days are evil. That's a confusing statement, but he's just saying, seize the day. The world around you is is focused on the flesh. The world around you is focused on evil, but you make the best use of your time. He says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And in verse 18, it just seems out of nowhere he says this. He says, oh, kind of like, by the way, don't be drunk with wine. It's like, we haven't been talking about alcohol. We haven't been talking about being drunk or wine. Why does he bring this up? He says, do not be drunk with wine. He says, for that is debauchery. What he's saying is drunkenness leads to all sorts of the things that I have just warned you against. But here's the reason why he says it in context. He says, do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but he says, be filled with the Spirit. That's an an interesting contrast. We'll look at it in a minute. He says, be filled with the Spirit. And if you pay close attention, he actually says, this is how you do it. Be filled with the Spirit. Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. He uses this contrast because we learn from Paul himself that one of the fruits of the Spirit that we're going to study in this series, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. We learn from Paul throughout Corinthians that that all things are to be done in order and not according to chaos or disorder. And so Paul is saying to the church, he's saying to us that, that alcohol in drunkenness with an alcohol, that leads to disorder. It leads to chaos. It it leads to a lack of self-control. And his point is not just the fact that, oh, hey, don't be drunk with wine. His point is this, instead of losing control, have self-control. Instead of being led by the flesh, which drunkenness is a sign of, be led by the Spirit. And so to be filled with the Spirit is opposite of to be drunk with wine. And sometimes you may have been brought up in in maybe like a charismatic church that might be like, yes, that's why we're to be drunk in the Holy Ghost. It's like, this is still kind of weird. We're still drunk. To, To be filled with the Holy Ghost is not to be drunk. To be filled with the Holy Ghost it is to, to be of the mind of Christ. It is to set our mind on the things of the Spirit. It is for the Spirit to direct and to guide us, not to be out of control. So don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. And so we have to remember that this letter Paul's writing, it is written in another language. It's written in Greek. And so when he says be filled with the Spirit, the filled word that he is using 
is a, for you English majors, it's a present imperative. It does not describe a one-time filling, but instead is a regular pattern of life. And so what Paul is telling us is he is saying, be actively filled with the Spirit. How often? Forever. Be actively filled with the Spirit continuously. Be filled, be filled, be filled, and be filled again. To live this hypernatural life that the Spirit has in store for us is to be actively filled with the Holy Spirit. To live the fully natural life that God intends, we must be filled with the Spirit, seek and pursue continuous filling, hunger and thirst for filling of the Spirit. We must keep our eyes on things of the Spirit. And so when you find yourselves empty, don't be satisfied. Seek to be filled again. Seek to be filled. I laid in bed for hours last night, unable to sleep, just thinking about this. I don't ever think about messages um, the night before. But I just, I couldn't sleep. I kept thinking through this. And the reason why is I think I could say to you, yeah, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I, I think all, all, all of you who are Christians would probably say, yeah, I would like to be filled with the Spirit. But here's where I run into problems. I don't know about you. While I want to be filled with the Spirit, I don't position myself for it. I don't open myself up to receive all that God has for me. And, and I want to say all the time, but I've got to be honest and say most of the time. Let me try that again. I don't position myself most of the time to be filled with the Spirit. How many of you, you find yourself in that same place? You want it, but have you positioned yourself to receive it? And if you look at this passage, and it's going to be kind of our key passage for the next five weeks. This passage here, Ephesians 5, Paul literally tells us how to position ourselves to be filled with the Spirit. And he, he says six things. He says this, number one, in verse 15 through 16, he says, abstain from sin. Be careful how you walk. Actively sinning is the exact opposite of actively being filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't be being filled with the Spirit while actively sinning. You can't actively be sinning while actively being filled with the Spirit. Those two things cannot coexist. So he says, abstain from sin. Verse 17. He tells us, know what the will of the Lord is. What does that mean? It means be in the Word. We talked about that last week with building foundations. Be in the Word. If you want to position yourself to be filled with the Spirit, be in the Word. Number three, be sober-minded. Be self-controlled. Now, you could say that means don't be drunk. And I would say, yes, that's good. But it's a lot more than that. Be sober-minded. Are there things in your mind? Are there things in your body? Are there things in your heart that are causing you to not be sober, to not be in control? How can you be sober-minded so that the Spirit of God can fill your mind and transform your mind? Number four, worship. He's like, here's how to do it. Talk to each other in hymns and psalms. Make it a Disney movie 24-7. Just sing wherever you go. Verse 
I don't know if it's this last week, but our interns, we had a, it was this last week, we had this amazing musical we had made up in our minds uh, that needs to be produced one day. Just talk to each other in, in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Worship, and here's the key. Don't just worship to be filled. Worship as a result of being filled. And the last two. Gratitude, prayer. He says, be thankful, be grateful, pray, give thanks to God. If you want to position yourselves to be filled with the Spirit, show some gratitude and then finally avoid rebellion. Submit to those God has placed in authority over you. He he spells it out, these six things. Abstain from sin, be in the Word, be sober-minded, worship, not just to be filled, but as a result of being filled. Have gratitude, pray to the Lord, and avoid rebellion. Can we do these things? Can we position ourselves in such a way to actually want to be filled with the Spirit of God? We've planned this series for since June, I guess. And so we had an outline of things that we're supposed to talk about. In the moment that I planned this series, um, I kind of went into a, a low place. How many of you have had low seasons before? Seasons of maybe gloom, dread, despair, depression, whatever you want to call it. Um, how many of you have experienced that? I have. This, since June, I've been in this season. This is not where God wants me to be. This is not where God wants you to be. Um, my wife, a few weeks ago, with, with great discern, uh, discernment, I guess, um, insight and, and care for me, I was trying to express this. Like, I'm, I'm not where I want to be. And, and, and she said something that resonated with me so well, and I, and I felt seen, I felt heard. She said, and I share this with you confidentially, don't share with anybody else. She said, um, Anthony, you're depleted. Normally, I would have been like, no, I'm, I, I, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I'm wonderful. I'm a, I'm a great dad, husband, pastor, friend. No, I'm not depleted. I, I'm good. She said, Anthony, you're depleted. And I said, you're right. I'm depleted. And it resonated with me so much because I was depleted. And so as I was wrestling with the Supernatural series, I knew what I was supposed to talk about. But I knew before getting to what we were supposed to talk about, we had to talk about just the idea itself of being filled with the Spirit. And if nothing else, just because I need to be filled with the Spirit. But you need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be aware and reminded of how important it is not just to have the Spirit within us, but to be filled with the Spirit. So balloon is nice. What I have in my hand, it's, it's interesting. You know, you can do interesting things with this. But if this is not inflated, and if this is not filled, it's not all it could be. It's not that interesting just to have a, a deflated piece of latex. It's, it's not all it could be.
If it makes a funny noise when I let go of it, chill your junior high selves, okay? It's all right. We all know it might sound funny. Get it over with now. It's not the point. You're going to miss something really profound. If you allow, if you allow your middle school boy inside of you to get distracted, okay? So just l- let him have his chuckle right now. And just, okay, we're done. We know it, it might make a fart noise, okay? <laughs> One of the reasons we're filled is so that we can impart to others what we have. We can impart to others the supernatural. And when we do that, oh, phew, okay. when we do that, it depletes us. If all we do is impart to others, if all we do is give to others and forget to be filled ourselves, we have nothing left to give. You and I are filled to be emptied. But you're not supposed to stay empty. I would actually question someone who was just overfull all the time and never depleted themselves. Because they, they might not be giving it away. <laughs> this is not easy. What, what you know about a balloon is that the more you blow it up and deflate it, the more stretched out the latex gets, and actually, the bigger it can grow. The balloon has more capacity for more pneuma, breath, air, same word as spirit. So we're filled to be empty. But sometimes the trials of this life completely knock the wind out of us. And we need to be filled again. So that we can overflow. And while you can be too empty, here's something I've never learned by experience, but I'm learning, is that you can never be too full. The thing about the capacity that our hearts have for the Holy Spirit is that I've never heard of someone's heart popping because they had too much of the Holy Spirit. But if I think about that, I have never seen someone pop, but I have seen someone overflow. And when you're in their presence, you know it because the air, the pneuma, the spirit is all about them and all about you. But even those people get depleted. And when they get depleted, they need to be filled yet again. It's okay to pray to the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we believe, and it is the core foundation of our faith, that God exists forever and always, co-equally and co-eternally. as God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit. So you and I can pray to the Father. Jesus tells us how to do that with the Lord's Prayer. 
you and I can pray to the Son, but we can also pray to the Spirit. Because of that, Holy Spirit, would you breathe on us? Would you fill us with your breath so that we may be full, so that we can overflow, and so that when we are emptied, we can be filled again? And I want to invite you to position yourselves over this next month. Over the next five weeks, position yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is there sin you need to repent of? Sin is fun. Sin feels good. Sin sometimes feels like it gives you meaning. It, it is actually none of those things. It is death. Is there sin you need to repent of and abstain from? Do you need to be in the word more? The answer is always yes. Are you sober? We could be talking about literally, are you you sober from alcohol and substance? Are you sober-minded? Sober yourself. Are you worshiping? Not just to ask God to fill you, but are you worshiping in response, which leads us to the next. Are you being grateful? Are you being thankful? Are you constantly in prayer? And are you submitting to authorities that God has put over your life, or are you rebelling against them? If we can focus on these things, it itself will not fill us with the Holy Spirit, but what it is doing is it's positioning ourselves to be able to receive. What if I filled this balloon with vinegar? Something, I don't want to say water, something gross, like this filled with vinegar. And the Holy Spirit comes along and wants to breathe the breath of life into this balloon, but it's so filled with vinegar that there's nowhere to put the Spirit. When we position ourselves to be filled, it means that we let go of everything that's within us. Because if we're too focused on holding on to our sin, if we're too focused on doing things on our own, if we're too focused on being intoxicated instead of being sober, if we're too focused on worshiping ourselves and not worshiping God, if we're too focused on complaining and not praising, too focused on rebelling, doing our own thing and not submitting to authority, we are not positioned to receive. Our balloons are filled with vinegar. So empty it out. Position yourself to receive the Spirit of God. And let's not be satisfied. Let's not be stuck in depletion, but be filled, be overflowing, and be filled again. Would you reach under your chairs? Um, We have some communion elements. you could do what you can to eliminate distraction, um, I just want to share with you a couple reasons why we're taking communion now. One, uh, we try to practice this on the first Sunday of the month. Two, Jesus led the way for us to do just this when we gather together. Jesus, 
as he served the last meal, a Passover meal, to his disciples. Uh, he passed around the bread and said, This bread is my flesh. And as often as you eat it, do so in remembrance of me. When he passed around the wine, he said, This is the blood. This is the new covenant. Whenever you drink of it, do so in remembrance of me. And so we, we partake of the, the bread and the cup as the church as often as we meet until the day we die or the Lord calls us home to remember the broken body of Jesus and to remember the spilt blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. And it's called communion because it is a way to remind us that through this we have communion with God, but it's also a way to remind us that we're all eating and drinking from the same cup, so to say. And so we have communion with one another, that at the cross it is level ground. There are not better Christians and worse Christians. There's just Christians. And this unites us together. So today I want to invite you, if you have not put your trust in Jesus Christ, he loves you, he died for you, he rose again, so that your sins could be forgiven. Your relationship with God could be restored. You could have the Spirit of God dwelling in you and, yes, even filling you and given everlasting life. And God gives this freely through the life, death, and resurrection of his son, and it is received with faith. He gives it as grace, but you receive in faith. So as an act of faith today, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I would just encourage you in your own words, in your heart this morning, just begin to call on the Lord. God, save me. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I I hand you, Jesus, my life. I give you control. And if you have now or 20 years before or 50 years before, surrendered your life to Jesus. Um, In just a moment, I'm going to ask us together to partake of this bread and, and this cup to remember the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And as we partake, um, Kim's going to lead us in a song. And if you'd like prayer today, if you're depleted and you need to be filled with the Spirit, uh, myself and some of our team will be up on the sides of the stage here. I just invite you to, to come forward. Some of you might just be compelled to come. Just, just kneel at the altar. Not that the altar is this special place, but it's a sign of faith. I'm coming to receive. Some of you may just want to come to the front to worship. Lord, I'm coming to receive. You might want to stand out into the aisle. Whatever you need to do today to position yourself to be filled with and to experience the Spirit, I want you to do. So would you bow your heads as we pray? Holy Spirit, you're here, you're present, you're welcome, we receive you. For each person here who has trusted in Jesus, you dwell in their hearts. You also dwell collectively in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit, we need to be filled. We need to overflow. God, forgive us when we have allowed food and drink, clothing and gadgets, movies and shows, houses and cars to cloud and to fill our hearts. And we have forgotten, we have neglected you. Help us, Holy Spirit, to set our mind on things of the Spirit and not on things of the flesh. 
Help us, Holy Spirit, to walk in righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for making us righteous in the sight of your Father. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would have peace and joy found in you and let it overflow. And God, when we find ourselves empty from giving too much, but for most of us, just being having the wind knocked out of us, would you fill us again and again and again and again and again? Help us to have more capacity for you. In Jesus' name. Would you stand? And as you stand, if you just want to partake of communion and um, begin to sing as you wrap it up, and if you just hold on to that cup, um, you throw it away on your way out. But partake today. Remember the body and blood of Jesus. Ask the Spirit to fill you. And if you need ministry or prayer, again, uh, fill the altar. We'd love to pray with you.